take down that net. I don't know that that really worked for the Graysons. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> Too soon? Is it, Dude, maybe it is. I don't know. No, they're DC. It's fine. Oh. Man. <clears throat> Michael out of the gate. Wow. Uh, welcome to a somber episode of We Were Gamers. We're also comic bookers. Episode 130. General pop culture followers. Yeah, we we often cover pop culture items, more TV and movies than comics, I would say, directly, or other pop-related things. It's weird to say, having grown up a comic book fan, um, especially reading com- like Spider-Man comics out of the Sunday newspaper and stuff like that, um, to call that pop culture, because it definitely was not when I was a kid. Pop <laughs> culture. Yeah, for sure. You know, like pop culture was was 102.7 kiss fm and all that stuff that is that is a uh southern california radio station for those of you who maybe don't know the area (laughs) good point um but yeah top 40 is what that stuff is 40 yeah top 40 ruled the world you know a rough week and a half since we dropped last week our blizzcon episode as our normal episode and, you know, BlizzCon has had uh, its own share of controversy, yeah. I would say. So let's, I mean, Michael brought us straight to maybe the biggest news of the day that we record, which is Stan Lee passed away today at 95. You know, I saw uh, I saw a meme about this, which, you know, always, of course there are memes, it's the internet. Uh, and it was the, it was the Stan Lee version of the Drake meme where he's like doing the no and then the the yeah mm-hmm. and the no is uh passing away young due to drugs or overdose and the yeah is living a long fulfilling life making everyone happy like yeah yeah 95 is a is a heck of a run even if you're not stanley i can't believe up and through his very early 90s how he was still making appearances in movies i saw him give a speech for over an hour at my uh, alma mater for um, when he was maybe in his late 80s. He's got to have been in his late 80s. And I would think that most people would just want to sit on the couch and watch TV at that point. And I, he had to leave because he had something else to do at the end of that. And I'm like, how does an 80-year-old go give over an hour speech standing up the whole time? where he's yelling Excelsior and all sorts of stuff and then goes and does another engage, you know? Yeah, the man think, was a jet-setting up until his 90s. Like, Yeah, yeah. I think that if you find true joy in this life and manage to bring it to others so effortlessly, I can't imagine, you know, how wonderful he must have felt every day i hope i mean i hope he did because wow it's amazing uh do we need to like list off maybe our most influential stan lee character or moment or whatever i don't know that i could pick one yeah you know it was i would say you know I definitely saw more of him later in his life than earlier. You know, I was, 
not into comic books as a young child. I kind of got into them as a teen and, and older. Um, but I think that just every time you saw the man on the news or anytime you saw him, you know, out in the, you know, in his later years, I guess, I don't know what he was like as a, you know, an, a young man, not an old man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, he was just always so happy to be saying, Hey, you know, you can create, look at all this stuff that I did. You know, you can do this too. It wasn't just like, you know, I'm not special in that I did this stuff. I did it because this is like what I believed in doing. And, you know, these kinds of worlds and these dreams that you people have, you could do stuff with those too. And he just always had a positive message to send. And, and that was really uplifting, I think. Yeah, I definitely remember his appearance in Kevin Smith's Small Rats movie where he gives that speech and he says, you know, at some point I was just writing myself. I just took a little part, you know, and said, you know, if I'm feeling, this is how I feel when I feel angry. And that was the Hulk, you know, and uh, giving characters emotions. You know, Superman came before Stanley and I I like Superman as a as an icon of American culture but overall superman and people have heard me say this on the podcast and in person before superman is not that interesting uh, he's had some interesting storylines etc but that's because he's almost sometimes an emotionless prick and at the at the best of times has nothing that you could ever you know think would hurt him you know what i mean and so his emotions really fall flat a lot of the time um I think Stan Lee was maybe one of the first guys that said it was okay for characters to feel frustrated and and to really have personal flaws. I don't think American comics really had gotten to that point beforehand. And I, I mentioned earlier, I, I used to cut Spider-Man Sunday reprints out and put paste them into a little notebook that I had. And I did that with uh, family. So that had a pretty big memory overall for me i don't i don't know that as i got older i stayed with spider-man as much as maybe a lot of other people that that came with him younger i know the x-men were all pretty big in my book um i don't know it's just gonna be it's weird i don't think it's hit me yet entirely you know how sometimes you feel like somebody's still kicking around doing something even if you don't think about them for a long time you know, I think even if, you know, obviously, you know, long since has the, you know, the reins of Marvel and, you know, the movies and all that sort of stuff. It's not like he was there, you know, being the guiding vision behind that stuff anymore. But it's always good to see the, you know, the old, you know, his cameos in every single movie, you know, were, it was something you just come to expect at some point. It's just like, oh, this is like a fun little touchback to the people who remember you know, when he was the guy in charge of Marvel Comics. Sure. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be sad not to see that stuff anymore, for sure. Yeah, well, th- I feel like those moments are going to get some people, too, because they're done filming Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, so there will yeah. certainly be... Potentially his potentially his cameo in Avengers, too. Yeah, so, so. is he... You know, it's... <laughs> I hate to say this, but he didn't... He didn't make it past Captain America, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that got to hurt a little bit. I think when people see Avengers, 
especially it'll hurt a lot because uh yeah you would think he would have he could have been there for that crowning moment maybe of seeing these characters go all the way through their arcs from comics to movies anyway i that's about all i have to say about there's too much to say about stanley we could be here all night yeah, yeah. i mean you know there will be books and all sorts of things written about him uh, in the time to come. And I'm sure we'll all, all read a lot of it. So definitely, definitely. Um, it also hasn't been a very easy week previous to this in Southern California where we live. Um, I want to just throw a shout out to especially victims, but also firefighters um, of the California wildfires I don't know if you guys have known anybody affected by them, but we had some family evacuated. And I also know somebody that lost their home of 40 years in Malibu. So uh, it's just kind of weighs really heavy, not just in the air, but also on the mind, knowing, you know, there are 200 plus people missing in this state and many more to come. Yeah, definitely. You know, if you take get those evacuation orders, folks, don't dawdle. Get out. <sighs> Should we just stick with the heavy stuff and get into, into games? Sure. Knock it all out at once, yeah. yeah. Blizzard's not having a very good time. Nope. You know, I, I, we talked about it a little bit in the, uh, the BlizzCon episode there, but... I think... We didn't give it enough time. I feel like personally responsible that people are reacting this badly. If you don't know what we're talking about uh, during BlizzCon, and Michael, I want to really get your take on this because you were not at BlizzCon, but I'm sure you were following along uh, our updates in the group chat as always. Yes. Um, we Neither of us in the group chat had a negative reaction to this game. Um, some people with us were definitely dismayed at the game's release, but or, you know, poten- potential upcoming release. Yeah. Um, and I don't think you or I were like, yeah, we love this either. We I were just kind of like, eh. Yeah, right. Uh, we went and tried it, and we both came away from it like, I probably won't play that, but um, I'm not surprised in the least that there's going to be a mobile version of every franchise that they own. Yeah. Not even, even, Not even surprised at all that if in the next year every mobile franchise they own has a, a mobile game. You know what I mean? Like my words are getting all jumbled up, but um, seems to be the way that the world is trending these that's days. That's the way. It, yeah. It's yeah. the way it goes. You know, uh, there are tons of mobile games in all sorts of genres. There are tower defense games. There are strategy games. There are action adventure games. You could have a Starcraft mobile game. You could have a Diablo mobile game. They already have a card game. You know, there's really nothing stopping them. You know, the the in or uh, the ingenuity is the only limit there, I think. Right. And you know, it, Blizzard is a company and wants to make money, and there's a lot of money, and way more people have phones than PCs. Absolutely. So I feel like we went plenty over in depth of what we thought maybe it could have been a better version of the announcement, but we never said they shouldn't have announced it or they shouldn't have made it, and. I think we did a disservice to the Blizzard community not pre-telling people to calm down. 
I cannot believe the extended nastiness that has come out of this release. And I really am here to say as an open letter to, you know, we went to a convention where, where the company said, this is a place that we've created for you. Like we do these cons for, for all of us because it's, we want to be here as a community. I mean, I mean, yeah, they make money, right? They, they, they sell gear, they sell tickets, whatever. Well, and it's all advertising for their stuff as well, of course. Yeah. Let me tell you something. It's really easy to flip a switch and not do those events. Sure. Yep. You know? Um, I can't believe the negativity coming out of it. And I also am in kind of a little bit of shock that I think that negativity has led to a $30 downturn in their stock. Oh, wow. I mean, you know... It- Activist investors are one thing. I don't think the fundamentals of the company have changed. So, you know, look, I, bad news means your stock goes down. That's how it goes. And they made I, a lot I don't, of bad news. I don't news. think it's solely responsible, right? Um, and, you know, I, I have a little bit more even. I, I don't agree with the way uh, the wider internet has reacted to this. It's uh, bad, and those people should feel bad. But Blizzard isn't unblame or like isn't blameless here uh they cultivate that community you even said it like how this is for you you are family we're you know all together and then they treated that family pretty bad you know they think so i I, well so i oh here michael jumped in here i had a i kind of had a follow-up for for you guys based on something that i know we talked about offline after you did your recordings last week which was the announcement that wasn't at BlizzCon and then leaked out later. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, we, of course, went over that. And I don't think we mentioned it since the podcast. Um, We had mentioned in our recording that we thought they should have, you know, ended the thing by saying either moved Warcraft 3 to the end or said at the end, Diablo 4 is coming, by the way. We just don't have anything ready. Yeah, just put it out there. Um. And that changes the tone of the announcement. Right. And that's fine. Um, JJ, I think I know where you're going, and I'm going to let you finish. Okay. But I do want to preface what you're going to say by saying it's a company. Of course. And I'm Blizzard has every right to go on and make a game like this. But they also should have at least a little self-awareness in that who are the people that are attending this convention? Who are these people that they're calling their family? Are they the people that are going to be casual phone gamers that this seems to be targeted at? Or are these the people that have been playing World of Warcraft for more than 10 years on the PC? Rebuttal. Just because the Western audience is much higher attendance at BlizzCon Uh than the Eastern audience does not mean that the entire Eastern audience who also plays... World of Warcraft on their PCs is not also the biggest and most fervent market for phone games. So just exactly because right. the uh, don't like phone games don't mean that they're the only market that is family. Of course not. And the problem isn't that they they had this announcement or that they ended the conference with this thing, right? The problem is that they did it at a convention in front of a bunch of people who were not the audience for this thing. I agree. 
if they had done this as a, you know, if they had their announcement done before the convention and then had this convention afterwards, I think the problem becomes a lot less, right? Like you, they don't need to have this convention to announce these games, right? They do. Clearly, I'm shocked that three quarters of the year, and I've said this before, the three quarters of the year they keep leaking stuff out, and it's like wait for BlizzCon. But I don't know. I so it's, it's the, their big event, right? And they're they're hoping that they're streaming tons of this stuff to China because they're trying to sell those virtual tickets, right? So it's it's kind of makes a little sense to me that if they're hoping that everyone in China is watching this, which is who this game is for then they're going to have an announcement for them too. Right. I'm not saying that they couldn't have done that, right? It's the, the issue is that the audience of people who were in the room were going to react badly and you can't I, cover that up on a stream. <laughs> like I understand. Yeah. And it's, I understand what you're saying. But it's an the, unsolvable argument, problem, you know, like, it, yeah. I just I've heard the argument this week about like, well, this is not how you treat family, and it's like, well, they're they're a company, I don't, first of all, and yes, they they may have cultivated a thing, but like, <laughs> that's like saying, well, you know, your sister got something, then you need something, you know, it's, it's when, you're, a, when you're in a family, it's not always even gifting, you guys. It's a they prom- the- they've promoted over the years a very fervent. And a very dedicated fan base, and those people that they have, you know, enticed into their marketing machine, as it were, don't want this kind of a game, you know, in this market, right? The, but that's the reaction from the vocal part of the market that is against it, right? Yes, and that's the, the one they should have heard the most easily and been easiest to predict what I, they were going to do. But but you can't just not make games. I understand what you're saying. I I really do. I understand that announcing this at BlizzCon is what caused backlash. But I also think even if the backlash is quieter because they don't announce it at BlizzCon, the vocal minority of people that are so upset about this that they feel personally offended, I I am offended by. Because it's not all about you. It's about a company trying to stay afloat and make money while they make the game you want. Right, and I think that's the... the yeah, you didn't get a car this year. Your sister did. You know what I mean? Like, you got one last... You don't always get the same thing all the time. I, I think... I know a car is a bad example. People yeah. don't usually get gifted a car, but uh, I was staring at a picture of, of a car in front of me. <laughs> I, uh, I think your point is correct, Andrew. I'm not saying that I disagree. It's that the... This reaction was the easiest thing to foresee if you paid attention to the internet at all. I am just increasingly dis- disappointed by the entitlement of people uh, that that believe a company, while as dedicated to the fans as they can be, doesn't also need to make money because it hurts their feelings. Yeah, and, and this is a much bigger top conversational topic, but it gets into sort of the the dark side of fandoms in that, you know, the fans think that the, the universe that was created for them belongs to them and they should have say in what is and isn't a part of it. Yeah. Should Diablo only ever be a PC game that takes eight years per installment? That's insane. Right. Of course not. Not in a world. Yeah. 
That's insane. Not in a world where they can put out a game that preps and funds the giant version of the thing that has millions of dollars of cinematics in it. I don't know. I just, uh, it's just, it's perturbing. It really is. I, I'm very disappointed in, in a lot of people. I really am. You know, I'm a Blizzard fan and I don't want this game and I don't, I'm not probably not going to play it. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, the, I'm not out there sending hate mail to the, the people that announced it. Right. And of course, anyone who does that is awful and should never do something like that. That's a terrible thing to do. You know, as a consumer, really the only power you have, uh, sort of like in politics, is uh, your your vote and your vote with your wallet here. It says, uh, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to download. I'm not going to engage with this game. There you go. You've done all you can do. Yep. Getting mad about it is just wasting your own energy that you could be directing towards something that you do enjoy. Absolutely. Let's talk about some things we do enjoy. Well, so speaking of... Uh of Blizzard before we totally leave the subject. Um, You guys inspired me a bit. Um, There was for for anyone (laughs) who didn't heard that in my life, (laughs) for anyone who, who didn't catch it, this was the the 20th anniversary of Starcraft. Yeah, it was was quietly mentioned in our recordings. I think it it might've been dropped in there. Um, But I realized that I have had, um, one last bit of StarCraft II sitting on the back burner for a while. They released um, some additional missions beyond the three installments of StarCraft II that were available as, I guess, essentially DLC. Um, the Nova missions. Yeah, these are. There was they were released in installments too, but I think now they're all a package. Yes, you. I think if you go to buy them now, you buy them as a package. I don't know if you can still get them as the small installments, but they were originally put out as three sets of three missions. I would uh, doubt that they're individual. Yeah, I mean, sell it as one thing since it's. it sounds like they connect, right? Yeah, yeah, they're all part of one uh, like small story arc. All right, well, give us a rundown, because I think that they're sitting on my computer as well, and I have not done anything with them. <laughs> yeah, so they pick up, um, I think, after the events of the main story arc. Spoilers. Nova's still around at the end of StarCraft Two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> still kicking. Ten-year-old um, game now? Is How old is StarCraft? Well, well, the end of StarCraft 2 is maybe, what, five years? Yeah. I was Something like that, yeah. beginning of StarCraft 2 might be. Between. Nice. Um, All right. So, you're... Uh, you know, I won't give anything away about the story, um, but I've... So I played through the first three missions, and they are a good... The first three are a good sort of sampler of the different kinds of missions that are in StarCraft, um, you know, the, the stuff you, you learn to love. So the very first mission is, uh, uh, I'll say an exfiltration mission. Um, so, you know, standard ghost, you're in a facility and you have to escape. Mm, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a mission, the second half of the mission is something that I don't think that I have ever played or seen in a StarCraft mission. It is a, it's a bike chase scene. What? So side scroller up and down. You're on a, um, 
uh, goodness, what am I? I'm blanking on the name of the unit. Vulture. Um, yeah, you're on a vulture, and you're basically racing along a highway. That's very cool. Yeah, it was something completely out of the box, uh, but it was actually a lot of fun for all that. It reminded me of um, the uh, the there were a couple of things: the Battle Toads, the impossible race level that everyone talks about, and then the um, the sewer rate or some of the race levels in um, Turtles in Time from Super Nintendo. Woo, Deeple, man, going some way back with those, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was something totally unexpected and, and I think a nice ad. Um, the second mission was your typical, um, survive until the timer runs out. Right. You know, reinforcements are coming and you have to, uh, you have to defend an entrenched position. Uh, And there are, there are like four or five routes from the, the Zerg base to where you are and you have to strategically place your units to, to set up choke points, basically. So did you uh, go on the offensive, or did you sit back and defend? Um, I probably went on the offensive a little more than I should have. Um, so the the base was, was getting hit a little harder than I wanted towards the end, but I, I survived the 20 minutes. I would say, paradoxically, a lot of those defense missions are actually solved better by offense and just wrecking the enemy completely. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and Blizzard knows it because a lot of the achievements for base defense missions are like, did you go destroy any of the Zerg base? It's like wipe out, <laughs> yeah, the, wipe out the enemy on the base defense mission. Well, so this one, this one was actually it was well thought out to uh, sort of keep you from doing that because of the terrain. The only units that you could easily move quickly from place to place don't have great stats against ground units. Hmm. Um, and so you, you can charge in if you want to, but it's either going to be slow going cause you have to walk around everything in your way or you can go up over the top. But as soon as you're down on the same level as everything else, you're at a disadvantage. Oh, so it was, I think it was well thought out to sort of force you into being creative with how do you, how do you prevent incursions? Cool. Uh, and then the last one was a, um, you need to station six garrisons in an area that's been overrun by the Zerg. So you have to sort of clear out uh, small sections of the map one at a time and then get a certain number of certain specified units to each position. And the more garrisons you station, the more they help you clear out the map because they can't, the units can't be touched once they're in the garrison, but they can fire out. Hmm. Um, which was definitely a mission that I took advantage of the perma cloak and just ran Nova around the map, clearing stuff out. <laughs> they also introduced nukes for that mission. So it makes that task a lot easier. The you just walk the nukes forward. I liked basically. by the end of Starcraft two, the hero units were just so unbelievably powerful. Kerrigan, uh, in the main campaign is basically invincible. You can almost win some of the battles with just her and you don't need to make bases. Yeah, I did some of that. And, and the, they've got the same sort of skill tree and unit upgrades. Uh, I like that the, they tweaked the unit upgrades a little bit in that for the different types of units, be they people or vehicles, 
you can apply, you have one of each kind of upgrade, but you can pick which unit to apply it to. Right. So you, there's a, there's an upgrade where you can have, um, units be able, additional units be able to jump up cliffs or onto buildings. And you can either give that to Hellbats or to siege tanks. Oh, that's cool. I don't remember any of that stuff from the campaign. So that's like new. Yeah. That's, that's a tweak on the, the upgrade system from the campaign. I think from the original campaign, you got one of two options and you were locked into your choice for the rest of the, the campaign missions, right? So you could either do Zergling split in two or they can scale cliffs. The ah. only benefit siege tanks have is they can't see up high ground. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or the only downside. Now it's just, man, well, all siege tanks you don't all really want to scout with your siege tank anyway. That's I think fine. a flood of Zerglings coming over the back of a base because they can scale the it's it's a pretty devastating move. Yeah. Right into the workers. Ooh. Yeah. But uh yeah, it's been good. Um like I thoroughly enjoyed it. My skills are horribly rusty. <laughs> did you remember to use control groups? I did remember to use control groups. Um so that that part hadn't totally gone out of the window, but my uh my micro is uh is a little more macro right now. Nice. Um, but yeah, if you've got it, I definitely recommend firing it up, giving it a shot. That reminds me, after our discussion of uh, control groups here, I reinstalled Warcraft 3 for uh, a hot minute. Did you? Yeah. You know that game's still pretty good? I'm sure it is. You can play it on modern PCs. It works. Uh, the graphics are old. Let's say, uh, but you know what? It works. <laughs> the limitations, though, man. You try to highlight more than a few units. Uh, you can do that, but you can't save them in control groups of more than like twelve or something. Oh, friendo, no. That so, was, yeah, going back, I went back to play some StarCraft One after finishing StarCraft Two and had forgotten about the limited group size, and it makes a big difference. Yeah. They're like, oh, they have a button for idle workers, just like in the more more modern RTS games. Easy. So it's like really easy to keep your, your units going and, you know, pumping out those uh, footmen and stuff and rally them to your hero. And, okay, I'm good. I try to, like, you know, drag select all the footmen. We're good. We attack. All right. I hit my control group with my hero and my footman. Hey, I left half the footmen behind. What just happened? <laughs> more than 12 uh-huh yeah that was a harsh uh remembrance but it's also a tough game in remembering also that the heroes have their powers are not like easily remembered what keys their powers are on yeah and- it's like he arthas's holy light is on t but then his divine shield is like oh or it's yeah. like all over the keyboard you know yeah tough game yeah still fun to play and definitely you know if you play it on normal you don't need to be good enough to remember that stuff you can kind of just cruise yeah right on good Any other hot games that that people are trying out uh yeah I, so i uh i touched on a second one actually this uh this weekend i took a break yeah. from the the strategy and the rpg to pull up some uh some platforming 
and busy, finally, busy guy. yeah, yeah, it was a it wound up being a good weekend for it. Um, <laughs> but I finally fired up some Ori in the Blind Forest. Ooh. Um, now that the you know the sequel is coming out soon. How how far are we from the sequel to that game? Uh, I want to say it's next spring. Yeah, I want to say next year sometime. I was really expecting one of us to have come on here and thought we were playing Red Dead Redemption because even Stark uh, South Park is talking about it. <laughs> or is that already passe? No, I mean, it's still very popular, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's not this Ori podcast, in the Blind though. Forest is a beautiful game. Oh, yeah. The, the, art, the art is the first thing that strikes you, and it just... It's nonstop, right? Just the, yeah. the the visuals of the whole thing. Now, have you? Can you describe the movement once you've actually played the game? Because it looks extremely fluid, and like it would frustrate me. They do. So I I didn't get terribly far into it. I think I unlocked one one extra move in the half hour or so that I played. Um, but they do a pretty good job, um, I think of letting you get used to an ability before you get a new one. So the, you know, the movement at first is just run and jump and that's all you've got. And you sort of get used to that. And then you get the next ability, which is what I got, which is the ability to, to climb up walls. Uh, and so I'm I'm still getting used to that a little bit because it does change um, your momentum, and I think a lot of this game, if from from watching it, especially you get this sense. But a lot of this game is taking advantage of the momentum physics. So huh. you described this game as a platformer. I had always heard it described as a Metroidvania. Yeah, yeah, and I can I can definitely see that as a as a good description of it. Um definitely the powers are like grabbing the Metroid upgrades. Yeah. You have to go get the powers, right? Or you have to go get Well some some get, of both. There yeah, are there's get, a like, skill tree as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. That's a little So different. yeah, maybe maybe a Metroidvania might be uh a more apt description, especially with the, you know, the map and the... It definitely seems like the movement is pretty different from your stuff like Hollow Knight and, and Symphony and those kind of games, though. So Yeah, def- yeah it's very fluid movement, and and your move is also kind of your attack, if I remember from what I've seen in the speedruns. Yeah, so to, to start with, you get um, you get an attack that's kind of like firing energy pulses. Uh, and then later, I think you get the ability to launch yourself as as an attack. So it kind of diverges from the normal whip and pulse gun sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. One <laughs> one thing I was not expecting or maybe prepared for is a better thing to say. So having seen this mostly done as a speed run... <laughs> all of the speed, all of the speed running community skips over the prologue. Oh, and the the prologue is 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 almost totally story driven. There's nothing. There's nothing real like learn the controls about it. But all that being the case, the story 
will remind you of those opening 10 minutes of Up. Oh, no. Yeah, it's it's that kind of, like, punch you in the gut. I don't need that this week. (laughs) I got it. There's enough going on. I will say, uh, the one thing that has always got me, every picture I've seen of that game, it just looks like, how did they make this happen? It's just so pretty. Even, you know, several years now after its release, it's just so good looking. Yeah. Like, the art is just amazing. That happened to me a couple of times where I got I got caught just sort of staring at the art and not paying attention to what was attacking me or what I was doing. Well, Ori, the character, kind of sometimes looks like he should be just blending into a piece of art, you know? I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if you lose the character by accident. I don't know. It's probably easier in motion, but the I agree. Like, the, the screenshots and stuff, you're just like, man, it's so good. A little bit like Cuphead in that regard, where you're just like, man, that art is so striking. <laughs> well, which one are you headed back to first, StarCraft or Ori? Ooh, um, that's the that's real tough review here. because Star, you know, Ori, the way that the game is set up, you can sort of save at any point, so you can dump little bits of time in here and there. StarCraft is you know, dumping in the time to complete a full mission, but uh, StarCraft will also be probably quicker to get through because it's just six more missions. Mm -hmm. So I might, I might bounce back and forth a little bit, but I can definitely see myself finishing up StarCraft first. All right. Good stuff, man. I'm going to round out this little mini blizzard ish segment, excluding the Ori talk with reminding you to go grab your copies of Destiny 2. Oh, yeah, good point. Anybody that, you know, has a Blizzard account, go go click that thing. And you just have to claim it. You don't even have to install it, and it's yours forever. Yep, free download. Is it just everyone, or did you have to buy the virtual ticket also? I don't... I think it's everyone. I'm pretty sure it's everyone. Okay. Maybe, I mean, yeah, you know that's what? rad. Maybe people it might, go... might be BlizzCon people. No, cause it. I got a. I got a note about it. Oh well, there you go. Okay. Well, yeah, definitely you should do that, cause uh, free game is free, and that seems good. I may have pre-ordered Warcraft Reforged while we were sitting here. Okay. Well hey, I mean, I'm in <laughs> for that. Can we? Okay. Or you might have a depressing narrative. Um, let's talk about something that maybe looks like it doesn't have a depressing narrative. Okay. The, the internet is a buzz. Yes. Maybe on fire. Certainly has been shocked. No do, one do saw I, this do coming. Do I detect some big news coming? By the drop, the surprise drop of the Detective Pikachu trailer. It is a nothing like what I expected. A game and a movie that I thought were both April Fool's jokes, and I've now been burned twice. <laughs> the game came out, has been out for a, a oh, bit. Oh, I know. I know. But when I when it came out, when it was announced, and when it came out, I thought it was an April Fool's joke. And then when they said the first live-action Pokemon thing is going to be Detective Pikachu, I thought that was another joke. <laughs> no one's kidding around with this movie. No. I am not abreast of the internet's reaction to this, but we should talk about 
what it looks like first, and then maybe we'll talk about the if you guys have the scoop on the internet reaction and then our reaction. So I think the best way to describe it is realistic Pokemon. It looks like Ted. Did you see that movie? Yeah. Yeah, that is actually a really good comparison. It's like you took a, you know, everyone hopefully knows what Pikachu looks like, right? He's the little yellow guy. He's got the stripes in the tail. But what if you put like realistic, good looking fur on Pikachu? Right. It's kind of creepy looking. I mean, and then you did that to like every weird-looking Pokemon that's out there. It's mm-hmm. like you you made big plush versions of all the Pokemon and then animated them like animatronics. The video uh, has a, a shot of a Jigglypuff on a table. Which looks terrifying, honestly. It's terrifying. <laughs> all oh, of them God. are nightmares. <laughs> Not all of them. A lot of the them Charmander, are The Char- Charmander looks pretty cute when he runs towards the screen with his little tail on fire. The, like, okay, yeah. the, the lizardy ones. The Charizard ones. looks like I would run screaming for the hills. I, I think the lizardy ones look the best because we have a lot of experience with what lizards should look like. The right, furry sure. ones and the other ones are just creepy. <laughs> yes, I think the furless ones will probably provide nightmares to a few people. <sighs> yes. Well, uh, I- Okay, let's work on the trailer itself first. Um, it's got that kind of like, um, what was that that movie that came out that ended up being bad? I guess I never saw it. Um, this is the part I'll cut out because my brain's not working. Could use some some help here. Video game. The the world is not real. You're in a simulation. Ready Player One. Ready Player One. That one. It kind of looks like and feels like a little bit of the Ready Player One treatment about everyone already knows this story, whereas many of us don't already know this story. <laughs> I just think I don't know the, the way they chose to juxtapose human people with these like quote-unquote real-life Pokemon is just... It is a look, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they, they picked an art style and definitely just went for it. So, in this trailer, it, it follows a kid that may or may not be a police officer. It's unclear. He is the son of a police officer. But also, right. in some scenes, it looks like he's also a police officer. I think he's looking at his dad's stuff, and his dad, from from what I got from the trailer, his dad has disappeared. Right, so maybe maybe yeah, he's he gets, just he gets enlisted by Pikachu to find his dad help find his dad. Yeah, it I sounds guess. like his dad was some kind of famous police person and Pikachu now is looking for him or something. Unclear. Yeah. I just I, I like that this trailer kinda left a lot to be answered here. Yeah. Yeah, considering the the way most modern trailers go. It really it really doesn't lead me in any direction of where this thing is headed. So uh, I, we should, I, can we just talk about some stuff in the trailer real quick? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, there's uh, no spoilers for a trailer. Good. You could go uh, watch it in the two pause us, go watch for three minutes. The detective Pikachu trailer. It's the only one online. You back. literally go to YouTube and you put in the letter D and it'll be the first <laughs> thing. You click. 
I'm not even joking. I'm not. I believe you. Pull up YouTube. Do it. Do it. I'm not. I'm not fact checking you. You could probably also type in R, but we'll get to that in a second. Wait, what? Yeah. So that's the thing I was going to say. This. So Pikachu speaks in this, which is like somewhat revelatory, right? Because Pokemon don't normally talk. They make it a thing. D D gets me Detective Pikachu. R gets me Rap Devil. Uh, What does that say about you? Then (laughs) are you? No, no. What does it say R-Y. about you as a person that that's what you got? Anyway, <laughs> what is no? Because the second one is Red Dead Ryan's toys reviews. Yeah, never mind. That. Yeah, okay. Oh, oh, you're waiting for Ryan Reynolds. Yes, yeah, because yeah, Ryan Reynolds like is the voice of it. Pikachu here. Right and right. Yeah. I, you guys, I just want to say, what if it had been Danny DeVito instead? <laughs> no. It affects this movie 0% if it was Danny DeVito instead, I think. Or what if it was Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. Ooh. That changes things. Now, I just I, I had these thoughts when I first saw the, the that it, there was a trailer. I was like, oh my God, did they actually do the internet meme thing of Danny DeVito being in this movie? And then no, they didn't, of course, because Ryan Reynolds sells a million movies. But sure. Sure. What if they had you guys? And then I was thinking about, well, like, okay, they didn't get Danny DeVito, probably because they didn't want to. Who else would have been good? It's like, oh, I can't do James Earl Jones anymore. We could have done Sam Elliott, and he would have the voice to be the grizzled old Detective Pikachu that I want. Or, uh... Uh... The Big Lebowski... My brain is not functioning. Uh, do you mean the cowboy from The Big Lebowski, who is Sam Elliott? No, no, I know who <laughs> Sam Elliott is. I'm not. I... <laughs> Sorry, that was where my mind was going. No, I'm talking about Jeff Bridges. Oh, he sure, yeah, good... yeah. Put he, Jeff he's Bridges. He's now in gotten it. old enough to do a good cowboy like Sam Elliott. I just want like a grizzled old man voice, and I think that would like juxtapose this cute furry little toy-like Pikachu with, like, some dude who's been a chain smoker for, like, 60 years. I think maybe my 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 back of my hippocampus or something is melding movies here because Ryan Reynolds and Jeff Bridges were in a detective movie called R.I.P.D. together. Man. Yep. Terrible movie. I have actually seen it. Correct. Oh God, it's so bad. Kevin Bacon <laughs> really lights up the screen on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. Yeah. Uh, but man, you, I kind of, I kind of want to see this Pikachu movie now. Oh, oh, what? so that yeah, was, okay. that was one of the better, one of the better takes I saw was, I cannot believe I'm going to have to walk into a theater in five months and say one ticket for detective Pikachu, please. So I don't know what the internet reaction to this is, and I guess we'll do it after, but I watched this and thought there's no way I can't see this. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, in spite of not having any interest in Pokemon really whatsoever, I kind of really want to see this movie now. And not even necessarily because Ryan Reynolds. I do like Ryan Reynolds' stuff generally, but man, wow. Well, not just, enough to fly out and see it. Yeah, not enough to see some weird Pokemon movie that he's in, but ju- man, wow. I don't. This movie is a lot. <laughs> you really can't do it justice, and they they but they sell a lot of it. Like when when Pikachu tries to lunge at Mime, and Mime just puts up the invisible wall, 
Yep. But they don't they don't put like special effects or anything in there. He just holds his hands up and then Pikachu stops dead in the air. Yeah, man. So so not only did they make a crazy looking movie, they made a movie also it seems like for Pokemon people. Yeah, that was a great moment. Yeah. And the I think it will be interesting to see the way they have redone all of these Pokemon in the realistic style. Well, yeah, how will some of them walk? Yeah, how yeah. will some of them float? Because how canonically, big? a lot of them don't walk. Or how big will some of them be? Like, yeah. If uh, you go by the if you go by the lore in those Pokemon entries, some of these Pokemon are like the size of buildings, or like you know they take up football fields worth of space. So you know, it should be interesting. We'll find out how much. Did your heart melt when they gave you the Pika Pika sound? <laughs> it was good. It was everything. They, they got it just right. It was everything you wanted it to be. Okay, I, hope the it was, I hope it was Ryan Reynolds recording that Pika Pika sound. Oh my sound. gosh, please. I want that to be true. I yeah. want it to be true too. Oh, also, I like Justice Smith, the who plays the kid. He oh, was, I don't uh, know anything that he's in. Is he? What's uh, he for? Uh, Fallen Kingdom, Jurassic World. He was the IT kid. Yeah, I I didn't see that movie. I didn't either. But uh, I okay. like I liked him as well. He he plays just enough of the like I am the teen along on this ride that I want to know. I more. have sincere fear that he will be the weakest link here. Well, he's based certainly the, getting upstaged by Ryan Reynolds. Well, based on hundred percent of the time, there's that shot where Pikachu jumps up on a table and he's supposed to be looking at him. He's just static. He has, like, no expression. Yeah, Pikachu doesn't have any facial expression. No, no, not Pikachu. The kid, oh, the kid. The kid. <laughs> and I'm like, um, a Pokemon just jumped up on a table in front of me. He doesn't even, like, back up. Well, you know. react to it. And, and I know it's early footage because it's a trailer, but uh, that is my one area of concern is how well a younger actor will play off of uh, a digital effect. Also, Pokemon jumping up onto tables is probably not something surprising to him. Maybe. In that sure, world, you right? could try and sell bad acting that way. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being overly judgmental. I obviously will wait to see this movie and yeah. judge him fairly. But uh, younger actors sometimes struggle with, with things that are off screen. Yeah, I, I do not know the entire internet's reaction, but all the people that I have seen on the internet have all just been like, "I, no one knows how to process this. It's <laughs> it's a lot." <laughs> also, you know, people people think the mime, mime is terrifying. He's the weird. mime is weird. He's weird. He's definitely weird. I don't know if he's terrifying or not. I can't decide. He's Which is probably a good thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think no one expected this to happen, and now no. that it's happening, everyone is trying to figure out if they are intrigued enough by the really, really weird idea to go see this, and like obviously Dude, we are. Can you remember? So looking at pic, like there's a picture of Pikachu up on our screen here. If you look at the Discord that we have up, that right there, if you imagine it animated, the Pikachu with the hat. That's as far as the Pokemon company used to be willing to go. Like, 
if they licensed out characters, if they did anything, you could not change the look of any of their characters. And Nintendo had this problem too. But Pokemon Company was worse because they didn't want people doing horrible things to their, you know, child toys, basically. Yeah. You could only add a hat, and that's why Detective Pikachu only has a hat. You could only add a hat. That's all you could do. And now they have leaned in so far to this that I feel like they're in the upside down. And we're watching something crazy. <laughs> you know, uh, brands are getting weird out there on the internet. They have man. to get brave, man. I don't think it's just brave. I think that it's like people stay react. Relevant. Yeah, they got to stay relevant. People react to this stuff, and this is a swing, man. They're they are swinging for the fences here, and I think I, this movie is either going to make no money or an insane amount of money, and I don't know well, which it and is. And if it makes, I, I, I'm right there with you, but I feel like if it makes no money, it's going to get a huge cult following. Look, Venom is sure, crushing yeah. records in China. This movie is going to crush records both places. Okay. Yeah, probably. I, I will call that shot right now. This movie is going to be a critical and financial success mm, critical success unclear but financial okay, success critical now is a, a bit of a reach but well critical on what grounds right like do you i think roger ebert is going to give it two stars no but i think that the rotten tomatoes on this will be good yeah okay okay i mean that's a that's the way people choose how to see movies now so not um, wrong I can't. I just can't believe how hard into this they leaned, and how much I feel excited for something that I didn't know I wanted to see. And I know I've been a vocal person about like, oh great, we're making another Magnificent Seven again. And while I like all the actors in the third reboot of it, I'm not sure that I want to see it again. You know what I mean? Like, right. And yeah. then this comes along, and you're like, I don't think anyone's ready for this movie. <laughs> you know, I'm glad they're getting out here and trying something, even if the story is literally just the story of the game condensed down. You I know, think it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Well, I think that <laughs> this is the first time I haven't been somewhat concerned to ask for me emails, and instead I'm really, really dying to have somebody email us. <laughs> yes. About Detective Pikachu. Please tweet at us, email us, whatever. What are your thoughts on Detective Pikachu? We need that, to know. That address is podcast at weweregamers.com and facebook.com slash weweregamers and at weweregamers on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, it, we really need to know. Please email us about Detective Pikachu. <laughs> I need a reason to talk about this more. <laughs> and maybe maybe throw us a uh, which Pokemon that was not in the trailer are you most excited to see on screen? Ooh, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. All right, Mike, you know what? Michael's in for that, so we'll do it. <laughs> you have to read them all. That's fine. Send and them to describe me. them. I'll send them to me. Podcast. <laughs> okay. It's that time we always end the podcast during the football season with a little bit of Randy C. Football. All I have to report is that Cooper Cup is now in my IR spot. Yep. Sad day. Sad season. What an amazing player to just have such bad luck this season. Yeah, you feel for the guy, don't you? It's terrible. Yeah, he tweaked his knee there a couple weeks ago, and you thought it was going to be bad, but he came back. 
it was okay. Probably and then, too soon. Yeah, possibly. Now he's out. Big bummer. Yeah, hopefully, you know, an ACL is a 50-50 on if, they, if the dude is able to come back with a good cut or not. You yeah. know, I, I, I feel really bad for a sophomore player to go through something so horrible. Anyway, uh, I'll probably win my game. I guess I could check it. It's probably over now, right? Yeah, it's all done. Um, yep. Okay, cool. It was kind of an expected-ish result, although Sony Michelle and New England losing to Tennessee. Yeah, getting handled by Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's also talk about the Panthers, Michael. Yeah, um, not so. I saw something right before the game started. They flashed up a stat that the Panthers have not beaten the uh, Steelers in fourteen years. Um, oh, oh, and uh, after that game, I can see why. It just, it, you know, one of those teams that has your team's number. So the only the only saving grace for me, well, there were two, but I have McCaffrey, who was all of the Carolina offense. I was going to say literally. literally McCaffrey versus the Steelers. Yep, and my quarterback is Ben Roethlisberger. One of the funny takes away from the that game that I heard was the Steelers knew how to beat the Panthers. They decided to play eleven on ten. They just Ouch. didn't cover McCaffrey. Everybody <laughs> else out of the game. Oh, it worked. Yeah, it did. Um, but yeah, they they just they were pretty relentless with pressuring Newton all night, and he never got into a rhythm. It was a tough one to watch. It yeah. looked ugly. Yeah, that was pretty much the my notes for this week as well. You know, I think I'm going to win this week in my uh, my big leagues here. And um, yeah, McCaffrey bailed me out in a couple of them for sure. But the oh, rest yeah. of my players were kind of just like. They played. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no one, no one did I'm... awful. I lost Cooper Cup. That sucked. Yeah. I don't think I noticed this until looking at the at the final numbers here just now, but David Johnson actually outscored Christian McCaffrey. No. Yeah, he was yeah. that whole game also. Yeah, by Whoa. by half a point, but Oh, PPR he was, though. He was They're passing yeah. Arizona. A lot of passing. That makes sense. In your PPR league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, no one has anything to rant about? No. Uh, if I, you know, if I had lost, I'd left a lot of points on my bench, but I, I pulled out <laughs> the win, so I'm not, I'm not going to be that guy. I left a whopping, if I added all up, 5.2 points on my bench. Yeah, I sort of didn't have a lot of choices this week either because it was bye weeks everywhere in a bunch of leagues, so. Bye that was, that was bye me week. last week. Blank. Traquan Smith blanked this week. Weird. Considering they didn't get Des Bryant on the field, I would have thought he would have done something. Good thing I didn't put him in the lineup. Poor Des Bryant. Oh man, what a yeah. There's another. There's another one. You know, I, again, I know that Cup was a non-contact injury and Des was a non-contact injury, but the the sheer volume of knee and ankle. And Leg in this year has been shocking, and I cannot understand. We gotta, we gotta figure out somebody needs conditioning for their legs. So anyway, yeah. 
I don't know how you, yeah, because it's, man, every year, the NFL, man. Yeah. All right. Well, what is the quote, buddy? On to week, I don't even know what week this week is. Was this week 10, 11? This was week 10. On to week 11. On to week 11. Yay.